0: Focus on the action, the act of and not the result you get because you can improve the action and you'll get the result eventually if you do it long enough. Fear will either drive you or it will stop you. I'm afraid of
1: regret, so it drives me. I'm afraid to not maximize my potential. Yeah, I'm afraid of uncomfortable conversation. I don't care. Why? Because I'm more afraid of not maximizing my potential.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter
1: where you are now or where you've been, there is a Next Level. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself and one world-class guest to help you
0: get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer, of The Playbook Podcast. Amy, you ready? I'm ready. Let's Are you ready? Let's do it. I, You know, some would say some would say they're born ready. Alan's back just in time. You see how I, I pivoted that nicely? Strong work. All right, I'm going to shut off your, uh, shut off echo cancellation, Amy, because we got a little feedback, but you can start with the first question.
2: Okay. Go ahead. What do you do when you have a partner that feeds your fear instead of combat it?
0: Can you read it one more time, Amy? It's your Wi-Fi. Is Jeff here a little bit? Oh no! Oh, you're
2: good. Okay. What do you do when you have a partner that feeds your fear instead of combats it?
0: Ooh, my goodness gracious, Amy! When you're not talking, can you just hit mute? Just because there's a little feedback. I thank you. Uh, I think you have to sit down. Again, this is what you have to do. You have to face your fear of having a difficult yet important and necessary conversation. I, I want to start being realer with this. Um, there's a chance that that partner is no longer going to be your partner. This is what you do. You sit down, you have a difficult conversation. And you say, hey, I am afraid of these things. And I feel like I need your support on a different level. And here's how I think we could work at this together. And then you continue pinging and you continue figuring out whether or not it's improving. And I think at some point, you just have to understand that maybe this person isn't the right person for me. It's hard. It sucks. It's brutal. But sometimes you just have to be honest with yourself. You have to communicate your truth, communicate your expectations and your hopes. And then you have to decide how long am I willing to face this? How long am I willing to, to put up with this? And I don't want to make it a negative thing, but how long am I willing to deal with this? How long am I willing to allow this to be the dynamic of our relationship? And it, when things pass that set point, then you have to make an even harder decision. But I, it's all a conversation of, this is, this is my feeling. This is where it comes from. I love your support here. This is how we do it. Are you willing to do it? And then you go from there.
1: I think that, and and kevin gave great tactics
0: you there. gotta go deeper i gotta go deeper yeah, understanding yeah, yeah. thank I you gotta for the water. Do it. oh you're welcome How, where did that come from i just decided to ba- you didn't fill that up from the bathroom sink did you no no no
1: it's right over here, right over here. <laughs> sure. um yeah i wouldn't trust the water in this place <laughs> yeah. i'm just joking <laughs> uh <laughs> so deeper understanding here your partner's the biggest influence In my opinion, your intimate partner has more influence on you than any other human. And if that's not the case, that's a whole other conversation. But put put it this way, the person you're around most has the biggest influence on you. So you have the biggest influence on you, but external of that, your intimate partner should be the one with the next biggest influence on you. And so the deeper understanding here is that your partner's fears in many regards are actually your fears. And so the question was like, what happens when your partner is feeding your fears? You have to understand that they might be feeding your fears because of their fears. And so you have to ask yourself like what, what is it, why? Why is my partner feeding my fears? What is triggering this? Are they afraid that I'm they're gonna be left behind if I grow? Are they afraid that they're gonna leave me behind? Um, what's the fear that's at the core? What's the insecurity at the core of this issue? i know many 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 clients and people at this point i've i've surpassed 900 coaching calls between the team and my clients past current and all that and i can tell you with absolute certainty i was on the phone with a client recently who's been with a partner for three uh two years and she's extremely aspirational unbelievable person and her partner is not aspirational And she just got this huge deal locked down with this massive company. And her partner literally said, like, when she told this person that she was going to go get this company to work with her and partner with her and all that, he he literally said, like, that's not going to work. And Kevin's told the story about, you know, his ex-girlfriend who wanted to go to California and chase her dreams. And he said, like, that's not going to work. You know, that's that's a bad idea. But that wasn't because... That was his own insecurities and his own fears and his own junk that he had to work through. And he now understands that. And so everyone has this this junk, this fear, this, this stuff they have to work through. So just kind of understand that your fears and your partner fears are somewhat the same when it comes to your growth because this person has more influence on you than than anyone else in your world because you spend more time with them than anyone else. As a matter of fact, ask yourself this question do I spend more time with my intimate partner than I do with myself? For me, I spend more time with Emilia than I do with myself, like alone. And so she has a bigger influence on me than, I guess what I should say is quality time. And so I spend less time in solitude than I do with Emilia. So you gotta understand the, in, the level of influence. And if Emilia has fears, I, like Kevin said, I talk to her about them. You know, and I'm, and I'm transparent with her. Like, listen, I don't know if your relationship with what you do with your capital is as positive as it needs to be in order for you to achieve your goals. And that's Emilia and I, but like we're doing that to each other all the time. She's like, honestly, it's very clear to me that you're you're a little bit afraid to stand up to your mom in certain you know arenas. It's okay. We talk about that because if I don't have the courage to communicate authentically with my family, that's going to affect our future and our future family and our family's family. So you just got to understand that your partner's fears are kind of yours if you're deciding to be with them. If you decide not to be with them, then of course, that's a whole different story.
0: Well played, sir. Thank you, brother. (laughs) Well played.
2: I feel like my fears are very valid and I've proven to be something that has happened in the past. How do I
0: push through that? Mm. Oh, Alan, you're going to be so proud of me for the way I'm going to approach this. I think you got to find the root cause. Ooh. I have seen this time and time again. Um, I've had a lot of clients who have a low level of self-worth and that actually allows them to attract the things that they're afraid of. So as an example, I had a client who um, growing up was talked down to by most of her family and then that transferred into her accepting relationships where people would talk down to her and and take advantage of her and just it was a negative negative thing the problem is if she doesn't understand her actual level of value and really figure out like look you're a very worthy person like you deserve love you're an amazing individual if she doesn't understand that self-worth part you're gonna continue attracting that in it's it's the um what do they say what is it when you When you manifest the negative thing, self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. I think it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where it's like sometimes your biggest fear comes true because you're acting in avoidance of your biggest fear, not acting to fix it. So that's what I would say is like, what Alan's probably going to say is very similar, but getting to the root cause of why you're actually getting repetitively your deepest fear. That's what I would say. Um,
1: I don't know if I fully understood the question. Can you just explain that to me? Real I think quick. Amy should
0: explain it because there's a chance I just I just hammered something completely okay. random. Amy, you know? do
1: you mind repeating the question for me, please? Sure.
2: I feel like my fears are very valid and have proven to be something that has happened in the past.
1: How do I push through that? Um, Emilia taught me this. Validate, dissipate. Every fear has some validity and some that's irrational. And you have to be very discerning with identifying each. And what's a good example of this? Okay, okay. Um, when I got in my car accident at 26 years old, for the longest time after it, I had uh, some, some PTSD issues with double yellow lines. Because for those of you who don't know, uh, new listeners or, or people watching, I was on the wrong side of the road and, and a really big lift kitted truck that I thought was an 18 wheeler hit me head on and and it was really traumatic for me. And so for a long time after that, I would get pulled over because I was too far on the right side of the road. As a matter of fact, I kept popping my tire because I was, you know, Hammer. hitting debris. Yeah. And, and the cops were really nice because I said, listen, I've gotten a bad car accident recently. I'm sorry. I'm working through it. So they always let me go. But it was a real problem for a long time. And my fear was somewhat valid but also somewhat irrational and so you got to find that that center point between validity and irrationality so for example um, i was also claustrophobic for a time so i i had trouble going through closed doorways and things like that see that's irrational fear that i had to literally puff my chest up and like walk in and out of doorways for a time i also crowds bothered me for a while i went through a really tough like couple months so my fear of like Okay, so for example, if your fear of cars forces you to wear wear a seatbelt, that's valid. Great. Awesome. My fear of cars isn't all irrational. Cars are dangerous. But my fear of double yellow lines is irrational. Right? Right? And so you have to understand what's irrational and not statistically accurate. Like my fear of snapping turtles is completely irrational. Statistically speaking, no one dies of snapping turtle attacks.
0: That's more irrational than my fear of planes. I would agree with that. Exactly. So I'm going to hit exactly. you
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Hit, hit me with that. Um, but yet my fear of, of drowning might be valid because people actually do drown, right? So wear a life, life vest. So that's what you got to do. You got to try to think rationally based on mathematics and statistics Um, I think statistics is really important. It's important to understand like the actual data uh, rather than just kind of like irrational fears. Strong work, man. Thank you, brother.
0: Amy's left. She's gone.
1: No, I'm here. here. I can sing a song. I
0: can sing a song for six minutes.
2: (laughs) What do you recommend if I face my fear and fail? How do I not allow that failure to dictate my ability to try again?
0: I always say this. This is like my favorite thing. Amy, you've heard me say this. My clients have heard me say this. I don't care about the result at all. I care about the action of you doing it. On Straight up. And I don't think, again, I don't think Bianca, we're using her a lot today, but we're spending time with her and we're both, all of us, are super, super proud of her. Bianca's really leaning into her value as a coach and what she does. And we were going through her messaging and saying like, this is, this is who you are. This is what you do. Like when people ask, this is what you do. Somebody asked what she does and she kind of Jeffed it. She just kind of, Jeffed it, and I said, "Awesome! That's your first of ten opportunities to do better today." Like the result doesn't matter as much as the effort because you weren't going to do it anyway. So the the result is just feedback that you can then use. Mm-hmm. It's just I know it's difficult. It can be it can be really difficult, but you don't have anything to strategize on if you don't take the the effort.
1: And in that scenario, uh, right after it happened. And to provide context, we're all at a table at this event and this one woman had the courage to come over to our table, which Mm -hmm. was awesome. And I really appreciated that. And so Bianca, for lack of better phrasing, jeffed it when she introduced herself or whatever. But then afterwards, she asked for Emilia's feedback. She asked Mm -hmm. for my feedback and Kevin's. So she just got three perspectives Mm -hmm. that will now help her be more effective next time. Failure, it's like this interesting thing of like, to answer the original question, it's almost like you have to learn to like it. No one... Or at, at no least expect na- it. Right. You know what I mean? You can, cre- you can create a positive relationship with failure. Mm, for sure. A- even if you're afraid to look dumb and then you look, quote unquote, dumb, it's almost like learn how to be okay with that. I wish there was an easy answer. It's called exposure therapy. Um, And Amy knows we talk about this often, but for our first event we had a a rejection competition and she won a hundred dollar target gift card because she got rejected the most to sell tickets to this event but guess who sold the most tickets the person who got rejected the most and so that's what you got to do exposure therapy just like me puffing my chest up and walking through doorways i'm not afraid of doorways anymore why because i walked through thousands of times and i just your brain rewires and realizes you know what i'm not afraid of double yellow lines anymore You know, um, the snapping turtle thing, I could get over that. I could literally get over that by like swimming with snapping turtles on purpose. I'm less scared than I've ever been because I'm purposely rewiring that, you know? So I think you just have to rewire it. And that, that comes down to taking action when you're scared and and realizing that you're actually safe.
0: And give your, do it this way. Give yourself credit for stepping in the box In swinging at a pitch rather than saying, well, I did that but I didn't hit a home run. It's like, you're not going to hit a home run the first time. Mm -hmm. You hit home runs when you practice it long enough. So, focus on the action, the act of and not the result you get because you can improve the action and you'll get the result eventually if you do it long enough.
1: Reggie Jackson, 2,600 strikeouts. Mm
0: -hmm. What a wonderful memory because I I would have said like some number, high number, lots of them. But he's in the Hall of Fame. He is in the Hall of Fame. That's all I'm saying. A lot of home runs. I don't know how many. Neither do I? <laughs> One more question. Oh, I was gonna get. I was getting ready to sing. Yes, we we might be. Able <laughs> no, I to wasn't sure, I wasn't sure. We might be able okay. to hammer it quick as long as Alan doesn't go off the the rails. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 okay. Off the, um. Huh.
3: Hey everyone, I'm Helen Baker from Melbourne, Australia. I'm an entrepreneur and a client of Alan's from Next Level University. I've had many business coaches in the past and I can honestly say that Alan is seriously next level and excuse the pun, but he has this unique ability to help you find a solution to your business problems uh, using his intellect and his business modeling and his genuine heartfelt desire to help you achieve your goals. I can be vulnerable with Alan, I can share anything and feel comfortable in his presence, knowing that at the end of our coaching sessions, I feel empowered to do incredible things. So if you're looking for a business coach, I highly recommend Alan because his advice and his ability to coach you will be instrumental in achieving your success.
2: How can you find that center point between validity and irrationality?
0: I'm going to let Alan go because he was talking about the big words. I don't don't really mess with that stuff.
1: Uh, I really appreciate the question. So you have to understand statistics. Um, Okay, so there's 39,000 people. In this country, um, I believe in twenty eighteen, who were killed in motor vehicle accidents. So, motor vehicle accidents, statistically speaking, kill more young people than anything else. And so, being afraid of cars is a valid fear. Let the fear. Don't don't not get in your car. Drive safe and wear a seatbelt. That is a valid, that's the center point. You can't find the center point without statistics. And this is one thing that I, I don't want to go too off on because people, uh, it's not this topic, but like people say comparison is, is bad. I disagree strongly with that. I think it's very important to understand the statistical understanding of the world. Like compared to Bill Gates, I make zero money and I'm very unsuccessful. So maybe that comparison is not intelligent but it is important for me to understand that it's possible to make $10 million an hour. And 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 also, Bill Gates knows more about business than I do. And it's important for me to understand that, right? So, go learn from Bill Gates. Bill Gates isn't going to learn from me. It doesn't make sense. So, you got to understand statistics. You got to understand numbers. You got to understand data. So, like, for example, entrepreneurs, this, this industry is very fluffy, and it's like, oh, everybody can do it. Everybody can succeed. But statistically, like most entrepreneurs fail. It's like really important to understand that so that it's like your fear of failure is actually pretty valid in entrepreneurship. But that doesn't mean don't try. It just means realize that you're gonna to have to really, really grind. And so fear, and this is what I'll end on. Fear will either drive you or it will stop you. I'm afraid of regret, so it drives me. I'm afraid to not maximize my potential. Yeah, I'm afraid of uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, I'm afraid of being disliked. Yeah, I'm afraid of appearing arrogant. I don't care. Why? Because I'm more afraid of not maximizing my potential. I'm way more afraid of that. And honestly, I can't take credit for that fear shifting because when I was 26 and I got in a car accident and my dad at 28 got in a car accident and didn't get his second chance. I got my second chance and I went all in on not having regret, but that's because I felt so much regret for my, my poor choices and not going all in on my truth before that. So, you know, I've been on that truth journey from 26 on and I'll tell you what, I'm never looking back because I had a second chance that my dad never got. And and that's what I'm saying is be more afraid of regret than you are of anything else. And, and I promise you, you'll find your calling and, and you'll have courage.
0: I just want to add just a little something that's kind of related to that, but it's related to the overall topic. If you go into every interaction or every fear-chasing moment with best case, worst case, most likely case scenario, you can make decisions with a more certain frame. So if if you're afraid of rejection, okay, one of the, and I want to say stupid, one of the silliest illogical fears I have is going up to a door pulling it and it not opening and people seeing me for some reason I don't want to look dumb it's like you should have known that door was locked it's it looked open it's a door and people are in there like I thought it was open best case scenario I walk up to the door and it opens worst case scenario I walk up to the door and it doesn't open somebody worst case somebody looks at me and says you are the dumbest human being I have ever come across like you're just so stupid <laughs> Most likely of that are so... see, almost zero. <laughs> Most likely scenario, I go and I open the door and it opens. Even if I don't open the door, nobody is gonna be like, oh, damn, loser. <laughs> it's not, it's probably it's just not gonna happen. So I try to do that. Like and speaking to Alan's regret, and well, this is heavy. What I'm gonna say is heavy. I said this to somebody the other day. I am afraid of plans. Genuinely. Top fear. If I die in a plane crash, doing what I love, I'd rather do that than live and not do it. It just is, it is what it is. It just is. Because you can live in fear for long, you know, only for so long before you figure out, look, I'd rather be doing this. A lot of the fears, like I've, I thought I was going to die in the floor, uh, on the floor in the Florida hotel room of an anxiety attack. I didn't know what it was. It was like, at least I'm doing my thing. At least I'm chasing my dreams. So just to speak, what Alan to, to Alan uh, what Alan said: regret is heavier than fear. You can face your fears. It's hard to face regret when it's the last thing you see, and for a lot of people, it is the last thing they see. So take the opportunity to face your fear while you can. That is honestly a privilege that people not everybody has. So use this as an opportunity to do that. Do you have anything to say in closing? I do. We're you're go afraid. Gym, you're afraid
1: this. of judgment be more afraid of not speaking your truth. You're afraid of public speaking. Be more afraid of, of staying small forever. You're afraid of being left behind. Be more afraid of not growing to your full potential. You're afraid of not belonging. Be more afraid of of not standing out and being your unique, authentic self. You know, you're afraid of not being loved. It's like, be afraid of being loved for a version of you that's not real. Be afraid of being inauthentic, right? So be afraid to not be the best version of you. Be afraid of never getting to the next level. Don't be afraid of, of you know, these things that hold you back and keep you small. Um, I would be more afraid of not ever getting to the next level. What if? Be afraid of what if? What if I did ask that girl or guy out? What if I did get on that plane? What if I did start that business, you know? Um, don't be one of those people who, who, who lets... Let's fear hold them back for their entire life, and it's not till they have a midlife crisis where they go, "Wow, I really didn't live." Um, fortunately, Kevin and I had our midlife crises at, at 26 years old, him with suicide and me with my car accident. That saved our life and and now we help
0: others do the same. So it saved and made our lives. Next level, nation, if you have a podcast and you want to grow it, scale it, make money. We are uh, we are a multi-six-figure business, which I'm grateful for, um, and it's all because of this podcast that has given us opportunities that I did not believe were possible, including this trip. If you are looking for help with your podcast, please reach out. I have leaned 100% into podcast coaching and consulting, and uh, I can definitely help you grow your show, monetize it, and figure out who your listeners are, because that is super important. Uh,
1: we are at an event right now, and it's always fun for me to go to events like this with Kev, because there's always a moment where he realizes some of the stuff that we've been teaching and, and understanding. He he wrote in his notebook, because at the event you're quiet while the speaker's on stage, so he wrote in his notebook, we're way ahead of where I thought we were. <laughs> and I always, there's always some form of that at every event, um, because a lot of what we mastermind about behind the scenes is, is stuff that is very, very, very valuable that he doesn't know is valuable until later when he sees these really successful people talking about those things. Mm -hmm. And so, um, why am I saying that? If you want to accelerate, please come coach with me. Reach out to me. Um, I was talking to someone from South Africa three weeks ago. You know, I talk to people all over the world and I love to meet different cultures, different types, different backgrounds. Uh, If you are considering being an entrepreneur and starting your own business, or you just want to make more money in your career, um, I have one client right now who has gone way sky high in their career because of our coaching. Reach out. There's no question I can accelerate who you are and you living in your calling and, and being more profitable too. You want to make, make more money. I'm really leaning into that. If you want to make more money, that's not a bad thing. Um, Please reach out.
0: And I just want to speak about Alan really quick because I, appreciate I it, think man. it helps when I say it because you've impacted me in many, many ways. But the reason we're making so much money as a podcast is heavily because of Alan, like mostly. Like I like to think I've done some good things too. You've come way up in sales. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But I, I know people that make fifty thousand dollars for six months of coaching, and Alan knows more than they do, genuinely. And I, I mean that with no ego. I just I get to see the behind the scenes of what Alan really, really knows. Like Alan can help you in a way that probably no other human can. I'm just going to say that. No ego. Uh, but I've seen Alan step into his greatness, and I'm super proud of him for doing that. And I I literally gave Alan all my clients when I, when I went to podcast coaching. So that's how much I believe in Alan. Um, <laughs> so I think it's important that I speak up for Alan because I know sometimes it's hard for you to convey how next level you really are. Appreciate it, man. Of course. Thank you. You're very welcome. I hope I did it justice. Next level nation, we love you. We appreciate you. We're gonna go to the beach. No, we're gonna go to the gym after this. But thank you, as always. Um, I just feel extra super grateful today and on this journey and on this trip because we're in a hotel room in Florida, being able to do what we will, what we love with who we love, and we wouldn't be able to do it without you. Um, just eternally grateful that we have so many amazing listeners and so many amazing places. As always, we do not have fans. We have family. If you're watching this live, we'll talk to you tomorrow. I don't know if you could watch it live because Facebook is broken. If you're listening to this, we'll talk to you tomorrow also. We love you. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University.
1: One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.